Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sarah's Space. It is a beautiful, somewhat early April evening, and I'm looking outside my window and watching the sky gradually pale, and I believe we have a full moon tonight, because uh, I'm actually recording this on April the 7th, Tuesday, April the 7th. And I just want to say hello, everyone. I know we are all in a very, very similar boat, and that is living a life that we had never anticipated or planned on, and thereby we are all navigating something rather unknown and possibly something a little bit off-putting, scary, uncomfortable, frightening, uh, aggravating, frustrating, uh, emotionally challenging, emotionally exhausting, etc. I'm sure the list goes on. I'm sure many different individuals could contribute different things. Uh, but I figured it was probably time for me to do my own particular take on our pandemic world. Um, 2020 has been quite a year, personally speaking. And now, of course, we can also easily uh, say that the world has been fairly beleaguered from January 1st onwards. I mean, it's been beleaguered for a long time in many levels, but I think uh, there's been some rather dramatic events that have led to us feeling rather uh, furrowed brow and and possibly deeply concerned for our futures. Now, now that we are all isolated to some extent or another completely from other human beings or else so much more so than ever in the past. Uh, now that my students are all housed up with their families and away from their regular classes at school and definitely away from their regular dance classes, now that all my peers are no longer able to teach their classes in their studios, whether they are studio owners or teachers uh, themselves, uh, now that parents, that elderly parents are no longer able to be around their grandchildren or their children safely, and unless they're already sharing the same household, in some cases they're, they're actually in a, a home in which it would be very unsafe for them to be visited. Now that all these things have transpired, I am sure we are all finding ways to cope with the emotional toll that ha that has on us. Sometimes maybe not so much from an emotional perspective, but just from a pragmatic perspective. For instance, grocery shopping is now a very drawn out chore, being that there are only so many people allowed into grocery stores at a time. Oftentimes the lineups are quite long. Um, each person going through the till needs to go through individually. So just everything is, everything is so different than what we're used to. And I would have to say that what it seems to be the most of for me, uh, I just freshly experienced the grocery uh, trip today. The biggest change I notice is that everyone's having to slow down. Everyone's having to slow down from their regular schedules, slow down from their regular pace, slow down from their regular level of socialization, slow down from their regular passing by of humans. We have to be more patient if we're behind someone in line. There's no longer the pushing past. There's the no longer sort of tailgating on someone's uh, back because that's taking uh, risks with uh, inappropriate social dis or lack of social distancing and spacing. There's there's a lot of things that seem to have come into play that are 
really when I sit back and examine them, they're kind of just giving people space, ourselves and others. I think that when I'm out in the world, that's the big thing I notice. Funnily enough, I'm a, I could self-describe as a fairly, I call myself an aggressive defensive driver, meaning that I'm, um, I don't want to sound arrogant or tempt the fates or karma, but I'm very skilled and uh, I'm not a race car driver. I've never driven a race vehicle, uh, but I am also unafraid to remove myself from a situation that feels as though I could possibly put myself in harm's way or my daughter in harm's way, who's usually in the vehicle with me. Uh, I do tend to drive a little bit over the speed limit most of the time, uh, except in dangerous places like the 50 kilometer zones. And I'm not saying all this to, <laughs> to make myself sound like a saint. I'm just giving you the facts. But having said all that, I, as I've been driving, well, very, very little in the last three weeks, four weeks, and um, very short distances, I have to say that I notice myself doing social distancing even in the vehicle. So even that has morphed and changed into something of a different pace. I, I think that I have to be completely candid and say that this has all been... Yes, shocking, strange, uh, a lot to absorb, but I am not a type of person that it reacts in sort of a high stress, high anxiety, high worry level. I tend to right away start thinking about, well, coping mechanisms. I, I start trying to think about, <clears throat> excuse me, what is the best way to approach this for myself and the, those close to me? I also tend to be uh, an emotional problem solver and I try to go into that right away so my my highly sensitive highly emotional self tends to actually probably be the most calm by uh, ironically in times of stress uh, outside stress particularly I also tend to find myself less likely to get anxious or worried because I know that I will not think as clearly and if it's something really serious like this is I need to think clearly and I just for some reason I just go there. I have also been gifted with a very lovely empty private right now particularly uh, fully disinfected and I daily disinfected studio space Thank you to Cherie's Wedding, who's a wonderful woman that I work for at KNS Dance. And because the whole studio is closed and I live about six minutes from there, um, we have an arrangement that I am in going in there and using the space. So I'm taking my daughter and myself there nearly daily, uh, which has acted as an enormous catharsis for both of our dancing spirits and our physical selves. I've also just implemented, just because... It felt like the right thing to do and something to do that felt constructive. An online uh, dance class, I guess I, I, I've been doing it for about, just looking at the calendar, about three weeks, maybe coming on three and a half now. And I love it. It's just a way of, uh, once I figured out the technology, which I did not love, <laughs> I still do not love. I don't love having to figure it out. It's not... I just spoke of my strengths. Well, my weaknesses are that technology tends to frustrate me and pretty fast. I don't find it fascinating to sort out computer bugs. I don't find it fascinating to figure out what all the newest whirly twirlies are that my devices can or can't do. I find it 
unbelievably maddening when it's just, I'm, I'm seeming to ask it a simple task. I say it, and now I'm anthropomorphizing it to some extent, but my computer or my iPad, and then it seems to fail me. And then I feel, well, I actually feel affronted. <laughs> I really do get emotionally invested in the outcome of these events. So it has been a trying experience trying to get all that up and running. Uh, I've had some wonderful help from the dance students that I invited initially to start this journey with me. Uh, so many of them, if not all of them, are far more savvy than I and far more patient with the devices because they find right away the usefulness in them, whereas I tend to find the things to make me cranky. So I've been very lucky and uh, started off with, I guess, sort of a FaceTime group, uh, which quickly moved. No, was it FaceTime or Messenger? I think maybe off of Facebook. Then it went quickly into um, this online Zoom platform, which, wow, how wonderful that that exists. It hasn't been so wow in trying to get, you know, all the bugs out of it. And I found that because I don't have a laptop, I had to uh, really th seriously think about, I do have groups of, of more than, say, six people coming online with me. And I couldn't see them all. And I want to do it as a t teaching exercise, not just me giving a class. So I now drag daily my tabletop home, uh, whatever it's called, my home computer, which is, I guess, about 24 inches by, I don't know, 18, 16, something like that. So uh, that has facilitated the ability for me to see up to 15 or 16 people at a time on my screen, which is wonderful. Uh, I imagine if the groups ever get larger than that, well, then I guess I'll just have to to celebrate that on one extent, to some extent, and then also bemoan the fact that I lose that sort of more, more close one-on-one -on -one feeling that I so treasure. I have also... Um, I have a daughter, which you've heard before, <laughs> a nine and a half year old daughter, and I'm married and we live in about a 1200 square foot upper floor of a home. My brother lives downstairs and probably about 1100 square foot with himself and his partner. And uh, they are, they work at opposite ends of the day. Uh, she, she works regular hours and he works night shift. And um, we are of course all cohabiting under the same roof and uh, they have a small dog and we have two cats and we live in a suburban neighborhood so it feels fairly crowded uh, on a I guess a more metaphysical plane I'm not really an urban dweller on any level I adore nature uh, nature is my my safe place my peaceful place my calming place it's my place where I would I guess get I guess get the closest to a meditative state. Uh, I'm not one to practice yoga or uh, meditation at home. I simply do not have the space nor the time alone to do readings or any such thing. My daughter's incredibly extroverted, as is my husband. Um, the aforementioned small square footage <laughs> lends itself to close quarters. Uh, they are both also very high energy. I might be very physical in my being and have a high emotional energy, but I'm quite happy in quiet space too, and they aren't. So there has been some, you know, moving and shaking and um, growling and subsiding and getting used to each other's rhythms. 
and giving each other the space to be who we are and who we need to be without criticism or judgment, which I guess in itself is a wonderful exercise in humanity and understanding. Uh, the low points have been where everyone is simply just too cranky to deal with one another and just right on each other's nerves. And uh, my daughter and my husband, who share a lot in common, the things that they have in common drive each other crazy. Um, the things that they have in common drive me crazy. Uh, probably my introverted uh, wanting to have, you know, things quiet and having things in their rightful place and nothing moved around and no music on, etc., that about me is probably driving them crazy and then when the weather was shall we say not friendly for oh was it about a full seven days and people were feeling probably pretty cooped up we just all got outside anyways we would just suit up in some rain jackets sometimes umbrellas and just go go for walks i'm very very blessed to be living close to a portion of the canada trail and also to the dikes, and also to forest, and also to Pitt River, and some places that feel very much nature-oriented. So I don't feel as though I'm trapped in some sort of grossly urban place that I wouldn't feel any sense of self or centering. But with the weather becoming lovely again. Um, one thing I'm noticing that is a challenge is that people, of course, want to come outside. And in a suburban neighborhood, that means that there's a lot more people out and about, which means that there's a lot more awkwardness in observing the social distancing. And for children, it is so difficult. If someone goes outside on the street and starts drawing with chalk, of course, another child's looking through their window thinking, well, I want to draw with chalk too. And it's very hard for them to truly embrace the staying separate from one another and so then the parents are constantly on them it's just those aspects are are difficult to deal with um philosophically i sound like i'm whining and complaining because there's so much worse going on in the world that we are so lucky in this first world nation to have you know all the resources that we have and the running water and the affluence and the ability to go to grocery stores, the ability to leave our homes, um, the fact that we can practice safe hygiene, all of these things that we probably to some extent take for granted, I, I try very hard to remain focused on so that I feel grateful and don't get lost in the stuff that's frustrating me. Um, the fact that I am able to communicate with uh, other dancers and my students on a regular basis is a blessing. So wonderful that seeing each other's faces and watching each other move and moving together, so to speak. I mean, it is in a totally different way and a little unorthodox, but it really is a sharing unlike any other. And it really does make me feel complete for the day. And I know it's the same for my daughter. And the fact that she happens to be a dancing soul and that we can share that and share that space together and I can help train her and and practice and we feel a sense of accomplishment and improvement is really wonderful. So all of these things are mulling about in my head on a regular basis. Uh, plus there's the more philosophical viewpoint that the world is getting a rest um, Mother Earth is getting a rest from our frenetic activity 
and our production and our destruction and our construction. And she's getting a breather and she's getting a chance to sort of replenish and regenerate, which I so hope that we're able to listen to and realize fully so that when things do normalize differently than they are now, I don't think they'll ever, hopefully they'll never, quote unquote, normalize to the state that they were in before, because I think that's what was leading us to this path of destruction anyways. Uh, I I hope that through a regaining of a sense of moving forward, we can move forward with more wisdom and more recognition of of all that we stand to lose and all that is valuable to us and all that we have had the chance to regenerate also within ourselves. And I think um, on that note, something else I wanted to speak to was that as a parent, I know so many of my acquaintances and friends are regularly two income households and work out of the home or sometimes try to work in the home, but their children are in school normally and sometimes they're also in some form of daycare or after school care. I know that now having the children around all the time is a different type of challenge that many parents may not fully embrace at first. And I, I do understand that and I empathize. But at the same time, I beseech you to also recognize the value in that and the magic that in this time that never could have been anticipated that it is here and here's a chance to spend time together as a family that probably never happens on a regular basis unless it's vacation time and then that's all sort of packed into this very intense time frame and oftentimes taken away from the home in order to get the time frame and thereby it's it's different it's just different when you aren't at home and you're sort of seeking relaxation and seeking fun and seeking time together it's still work whereas right now we're just sort of in the living the day by day I realize homeschooling for those that did not willingly or voluntarily want to homeschool initially I know that's a challenge I mean it's a challenge for me and I totally willingly have taken on the homeschooling with my own daughter it's um it's tricky and if you're if your child is not an eager scholastic student, as mine is not, it is trickier than in other situations. And I guess in those moments, all I can encourage you to do is to sometimes just get up, walk away and breathe and recognize that uh, this this too shall pass. And this is this is a time that I guess is here for us to learn from. Maybe it's to learn about ourselves and how we are in certain situations. Maybe it's to learn more about each other, uh, sometimes to learn more about our spouses too, because if we're constantly working and then we just have that sort of either, if, if we have families, we have that sort of more um, compressed family time towards the end of the day. And then all of a sudden kids are in bed and then you're both sort of exhausted and you sit sort of catatonic side by side, perhaps watching something or being stimulated by different devices or maybe just taking some reading time or taking time away from each other well now's time to evaluate that too i guess essentially it's a it's a enforced time of great self-evaluation and i feel as though 
I was asked uh, some time ago about the motivation to, to move forward and keep going and keep doing things and being productive um, in any, uh, I guess, in any aspect and on any level during this time period, how to find that and how to keep motivated. And I guess I just think about it from the perspective of, well, I want to live a rich life and I'm already 51. So by my estimation, I want to live till I'm 100. And uh, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> so I have 49 years left. And I guess I don't want to, I don't want to be so caught up in how to get things done that I'm not actually aware and awake and present in the doing. And I guess I'm looking at this time as well. Maybe, maybe I was getting too much caught up in the rush. Maybe I was uh, so busy in my career and, and my daughter's very busy dance schedule and homeschooling schedule and and of course, this year was meant to be an incredibly packed full year of competitions and festivals. And maybe I'm meant to reevaluate all of that. So, yes, it's a, it's a time of uh, much, I guess, introspection. And even when I'm in the studio and we're moving and we're dancing and we're, uh, she's dancing behind me as I'm teaching my online class or if I'm uh, pre-recording a class to send off to some of the studios I teach for, I see her in the corner and she's either dancing for herself or she's working on some schooling. And then I feel like, wow, I just took some more time away from her. And so then for me, I like to take the time to do something together afterwards. And I'm finding that even in the homeschooling process of which I have been involved from the beginning of her schooling, it's suddenly taking on a different light now and it's becoming more enjoyable to actually watch her learn yeah, sometimes it's frustrating. I cannot begin to describe the frustration because we are very different learners. And, you know, they always say it's so different. Even if you're a teacher and even if you're a great teacher, self-professed or otherwise, you are not that same person when you are teaching your own child. It's that that bloodline is a it's a deep connection. It just makes everything just a little bit different. And euphemistically, I can say that um, it's challenging. I can also say it's maddening without euphemism. I can also say that it's deeply rewarding. I can also say that it's a journey. And I named a piece that I choreographed this year, Journey, and it was meant to be mostly for the young women that I, well, it was meant to be completely for the young women that I choreographed it for, 14 of them, of which I believe there were five graduating, maybe there's six uh, in June. And now I realized that that piece was possibly um, a foreshadowing <laughs> and that I, I'm on a journey too. And I guess we are all on our own journey to some extent. And it's just figuring out as we, as we walk it, run it, jog it, um, slide it, <laughs> dance it, sleep it, whatever we're doing as our coping mechanisms is just trying to find the value in it as we go. And, you know, I was thinking of one other aspect on that. I'm noticing a lot more people are expressing emotional release because there's less judgment when we're out in public day in and day out and you're not doing your, your typical shtick or routine, whether that be preparing yourself uh, physically and superficially to look a certain way or preparing yourself physically and superficially to act a certain way um, or just going out into the workforce on a daily basis 
we do have a work face, of course. We don't bring our most innermost intimate private self, and nor should we. I mean, there, there are there are places to be safe. There are places to share, and there are places to work very pro- cooperatively as a unit. And and demanding attention on that sharing intimate level is not necessarily remotely cooperative. But because we are free from all that right now, because we are isolated away with those that know us best, or sometimes by ourselves, who hopefully we know ourselves best, we can release ourselves from that sense of being judged and hopefully from self-judgment. And we can embrace our, our foibles and our idiosyncrasies and our eccentricities and our full-on happy weirdnesses. And we can realize that going forward, we could actually be more of ourselves than we've ever been, thereby bringing more of that generosity of spirit to the world, thereby helping to heal of which there's going to be so much healing to be done. The healing of sort of connectiveness uh, on a physical plane again, and trusting each other in a space in which we're going to have to cohabit and probably always maintain some sort of awareness of social distancing, but not necessarily coming from a very touchy-feely person as I am, hopefully not maintaining social distancing with those that we know. Oh my goodness, that would be... I would be bereft. I would have to carry around stuffed animals, I think. Um, (laughs) But those are many of my musings. And I guess what I'm encouraging all of you to do is, is to muse and to do what you need to do and not to place judgment on it and not to... Uh, you know, look online at your your Facebook feed or your Instagram and worry about producing what someone else is producing or doing what someone else is doing or finding the peace that someone else is finding or doing the family activity, whatever it is. Let's remove ourselves from that comparison and that judgment and that self-criticism. And let's recognize that because we are all much more in our own spaces than we've ever been, that we have space to be our own selves and to bring those own selves back to our center so that we can then share them more generously and organically and authentically in the future. And to hopefully move forward being able to embrace new social norms and wisdoms and maybe safeguards and maybe also ways of looking after each other and the planet more but to move forward and to move forward openly. I guess I'm going to end there because I think that's kind of what I wish, not just what I've been thinking about. And I hope you are all safe and happy and healthy and feeling love in your hearts and feeling hope and not letting yourself get too stressed or too anxious or too worried If you are, remove yourself from those sources of anxiety and worry for now and recognize that there are sometimes no choices but to let go. And there's no choices but to understand that things are going to inexorably move forward. And we have to kind of embrace that. And I'm saying that, I'm slowing down as I'm saying that because that does sometimes mean that we have to accept some grief because we won't be able to help or move in or 
I, I won't use the word interfere, but intervene like we have in the past because we have all these restrictions placed on us. But it does mean that we can share on a different level and maybe it's more of an inner level and maybe it's more of an introspective, spiritual, loving, thoughtful level. And I send all of you those warm thoughts and I send all of you good health and hopefully we'll be speaking to you very soon. And thank you all for taking the time to join me in Sarah's space this week. I wish you well. Bye.